We are recording, Richard. This episode has been brought to you by Kofifi. Kofifi! <laughs> All right. This is episode 13 of the podcast without a name. guys have a beer with them they're probably like a drug band the slants, <laughs> the slants. <laughs> some of their music hello everyone this is anthony and joe show on the podcast without or presented by the podcast without a name except anthony, i'm not anthony did i say anthony and joe show you did oh my god i did it's like weird uh the rich and joe show dick and joe <laughs> rich and joe dick and joe, joe and uh, yeah I'm not sure what Anthony's... Oh, you know what Anthony's doing tonight? I have inside information on this. Well, actually, maybe you read it, too. Uh, he is having, like, a date night. Isn't that great? Happy wife, happy life. That's so nice. Must must be nice to have date nights. He said the kids are not around. I guess they're with the grandparents, and he is going out to a birthday party or something. I don't know, but he said it was an open bar. I told him it sounded really boring. Yeah, it's like awkward when you uh, when you hang out with like your uh, your girlfriend's friends and you don't really know them. And you're like, yes, I'd enjoy a cocktail. How's your work going? <laughs> Mine's going I, okay. I have to admit to something, Richard. I am drinking a forty of Colt Forty Five. You're back. I've regressed. Just when you thought you were out, I know. I put you back in. I know, I'm back. I got, it was, I don't even, like, I don't know. It's just like, ah, let's get some cold 45. I don't care. You know what I have? I have a Straub. S-T-R-A-U-B. Straub. Oh, yes, yes. Straub. And I have some, um, uh, not your father's mountain ale, which is essentially Mountain Dew that they've put alcohol in. Oh, that's interesting. That's going to keep you up all night long. Um, I don't know. I've only had like a couple sips of, uh, I got them for Allison, but she doesn't, um, yeah. she doesn't really drink. So I think she's had three minus you know, some camel piss bottom parts. So <laughs> she's probably like all lubed up. All lubed up. <laughs> you know, I was thinking a, a, a new podcast name could be 40 ounces to politics or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Pretty good. 40 ounces uh, to politics. <laughs> Anyway, getting on with our program this evening. Uh, it's been a couple weeks. I mean, we were doing a, every week for a second there. I mean, that was pretty cool. Um, but we've gone a couple weeks. So there's a few things we're going to need to catch up on. One of the first things I want to quickly touch on is going to be the under, under the radar Supreme Court ruling that said hate speech is free speech. Uh, then we're going to probably touch on things like Bernie being investigated while well, more like his wife being investigated. Uh, you know, Germany's, you know, locking people up because of hate speech, which kind of touches a little bit on our, you know, first topic there. So maybe we'll just wrap them together. Uh, maybe some Black Lives Matter. Uh, there's something that you, that we posted today that, look, that looks like something about the First Amendment and gay marriage and things like that. We could talk about that. Oh, and uh, the minimum wage in Seattle, a little bit of a backfire. There's there's some competing information on that. We could talk about that a little bit. It was a Berkeley study that apparently claimed the opposite of the the study 
um, that said that the wages were actually going down. But we'll, we'll talk about that because there's some interesting things about the how they did their study and, and they might be actually saying the same thing. And it still doesn't look good for Seattle. But uh, yeah, so first things first, Supreme Court, uh, I think it was on 20 July. 20 wow, June? I mean, Decided June, yeah, not July. Well, that's next month. It was decided on June 19th. So this is a decision came down June 19th. We posted on June 20th um, from the Supreme Court had ruled that hate speech is protected free speech. And we were, you may have caught the reference if you're listening that we were talking about hanging out with the band called The Slants. So apparently the band called The Slants tried to trademark their name and they were denied by the patent office, patent and trademark office. And then they, you know, they appealed and all that stuff. Their appeal there didn't work. So they kept escalating it and finally got to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court had a very rare eight to zero decision on this. That is extremely rare. Um, And they all agreed just because it might be uh, mean, hurtful. uh, It's protected free speech. Which is uh, exactly what the First Amendment was made for. It was to protect speech that's unpopular. Yeah, you know, nobody wants to uh, say you can't say I love you all. Everybody's great. You know, it's uh, the government sucks. You know, yeah. uh, I hate my, you know, <laughs> I hate my uh, my president. That's the kind of stuff that's protected. Nobody gives a shit about. I feel good. You know. So I think I found some slants music. Might as well play a little bit here. Let's see that sound like here. So the Slants are an actually actually an Asian American band, right? So you can obviously get why uh, the trademark office took issue with the term the Slants, right? They're Asian American. They're calling themselves the Slants. There's obviously some sort of reference to something there, but uh, perhaps you know, the shape of their eye. Perhaps. I mean, they could be talking about other things. There's another part of people's bodies that people reference as a slant, right? I mean. It could have been something else. <laughs> I doubt it's that, but it's probably the eyes. Um, what? <laughs> the, the other slant? You don't know the other slant? No, I don't. Think about it for a little bit. The penis? Anyway. No, penises don't, aren't slanted. Sometimes they are, Joe. <laughs> I, I guess so. <laughs> Think about the, the penis's counterpart. Oh, the vagina. Yeah, it's, a, it's the vertical slant. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We've digressed. Well, if it's anyway. vertical, it's not slanting, is it? I, I mean, I guess so, right? That's kind of... Now that's a mind fuck. Anyway, these guys aren't too bad. I mean, they're all right. They're kind of... I mean, it's more like two, early 2007 music to me, but... Yeah. They're all right. Whatever. Like, coming to Lollapalooza 2002, the slants. <laughs> the slants. Asterix. <laughs> yeah, not trademark. <laughs> but I think this is big, right? I mean, uh, one of the other topics I wanted to talk about was Germany rolling up 36 people for our social media hate speech. Um, we've talked more than once about Canada. And, yeah. and, and the UK locking that guy up for his uh, yeah. teaching his dog how to do the Nazi salute. And- yeah. I mean, th- listen, we, we, we all agreed on this cast that... If you believe in free speech, sometimes you have to kind of do it in difficult times, meaning you have to 
let other people who have very difficult positions and opinions be able to speak so that those thoughts and opinions can be out there and it can be really obvious that they're the wrong thoughts and opinions, right? You, you have to be able to expose them and then counter them with your own, you know, logical and thoughtful opinions that really just expose those, you know, horrible people as who what they are, horrible people, right? Yeah, well, freedom is hard. It's uncomfortable, you know? Yeah. It's, uh, it's not all um, sunshine and roses and 4th of July picnics and barbecues and, you know, 40-hour work weeks and stuff like that. It's uh, It comes with some personal responsibility and it comes with some uncomfortable moments. But I'd rather have it that way than the alternative. Yeah, and this kind of cuts to the core of like – like like Antifa, right? Like the whole you know reason for their existence. Like it's it it's the base for their existence is not like real. It's just not real. Oh, we're allowed to shut someone out because of what they're saying. Like that just really what it means is they're the more they're the, actually the fascists, and you know they don't have a strong argument. They or they at least can't articulate it, so they resort to violence. Like I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, it's just really strange that, I mean, you know, it's it was Asian Americans that were doing it. It wasn't like uh, it was somebody coming out dressed up in yellow face and singing like really campy, like, yeah. we're going to sing a song to you now. Like, you know, a, a bunch of white guys doing it. It was, it was actual Asian Americans or maybe they're not Asian Americans. Maybe they're just Asian. I, I'm, I'm sure they're American, though, since this the Wikipedia says Asian Supreme American. Court. Okay. Yeah, so I really don't get it because we have NWA, we have Uncle Cracker, we have uh, yeah. Yeah. Vanilla Ice to a lesser degree. Uh, yeah. You know, they're all things that uh, they're all trademarked and patented. Well, well, not patent, but trademarked. Like, so it's. I wonder at this point why. Like, maybe that's just a reflection of how we've gone. That I mean, because everything you just mentioned. I mean, they're like what 10, 15, 20 years ago type of bands. Uh, you know, I'm wondering if you know. The trademark office is just you know starting to just become politically correct. I don't know. I, I think that the what was it was it the, was it the Department of Justice? I forget who it was. They they dropped the Redskins thing. That's no longer an issue now. I don't know if which that is, was. Yeah, which is way more offensive than uh than the slants. I think. Yeah, I mean it could be, but the the whole Redskin thing, like uh, there was a poll. I don't know if it was like Pew or something. They did. They actually polled, and like the overwhelming majority of Native Americans either didn't care or were fine with it. <laughs> it was just like this small group that was like, "We don't like it. It's mean," and and it raised all this ruckus. But apparently, it was dropped. I don't know if it was DOJ, uh, maybe a civil rights thing. I, don't, I have no idea. I forget who it was, but it was dropped. I have to, I'd have to look it up. I'll follow up with that later. But well, it's really I mean, uh, that's. Um, I mean, from everything that I've read, the word the term Redskins was kind of like the N word towards uh, Native Americans at some point. But yeah, I mean, the fact yeah. that Native Americans don't really care about it. I mean, they have way bigger fish to fry than yeah, the name well, yeah. of a football or a baseball team. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, but but it all goes to this whole concept. This, this is what makes America America, right? Like, like we just talked about in Germany. We just talked about in the UK. I mean, like this. In Europe, this is the you know this is the norm for them in terms of like people being shut out because of an opinion that they have that might not be popular, right? Or or even just a downright hate, legitimately hateful opinion. This, but that's the beauty of our country, right? You, like we do promote, you know, 
discussion and thought, right? It, it, there's no, you're not going to really get this anywhere. I mean, think of try to do that in Iran, you know, like try to do that in Saudi Arabia, right? Try to do that in Europe, <laughs> you know? Well, uh, I mean, uh, how much of that though in Europe has to do with like a historical context? I mean, uh, they're probably a little bit more careful about hate speech because of what they went through during World War II. Yeah. Well, especially with Germany, right? Like they're yeah. super paranoid. Well, but, like the, uh, Scientology isn't allowed in uh, in Germany because they're I didn't know that. They, yeah, that, that's like an illegal thing. Like you're not allowed to. That's not. A, they don't recognize it as a church. It's illegal because they don't. They're real careful about having, you know, new churches, new groups. You know, that I can tell you one thing. Garner a lot of support coming in there, but yeah, it is. It's it's. I spent allowed. three years in Germany, right? And one trait about Germans that I thought was interesting and almost obvious, and this is maybe it's just being an American and it's a mindset thing for us, but they definitely like to follow rules and people. Like if if it's not told told to them how to do something, they don't know how to do it. I guess you could say. Like they are all about the rules. So I can see where historically speaking, there's a little bit of a concern about maybe someone gaining popular support that could be dangerous and, you know, saying things and maybe really meaning them or something um, because their populace might actually just like, you know, maybe light a spark underneath some of them and maybe actually gain some support and do something bad. I mean, we've seen it in the past with Germans, but um, they really, they really follow rules. So if you get a bad leader in Germany, like I kind of see how Hitler was able to pull off what he pulled off. I don't know how to explain it. And maybe I'll be pissing off some German listeners if we have any, but it's, they're really by the book. It's, it's, it's super interesting. And it's really hard to actually kind of, uh, explain really. Well, did you but, see that uh, that story on RT about uh, the train conductors like roughing the shit out of that uh, Nigerian guy and throwing him off the train while they're doing a ticket inspection? No. And, and the whole reason they did it wasn't just because he didn't have a ticket, but I guess if you don't have a ticket, they they want you to provide like your personal information, like you know, okay. my name is this, I live here, like yeah, show yeah. ID and stuff. And I guess he refused to do that too. And yeah. the uh, the train company like threw him in a chokehold. Like was this in was this in Germany? It was in Germany. Yeah, they grabbed yeah, yeah. him like by the neck and were like dragging him off the train. They don't mess around with that in Germany with the trains. They it's oh it's weird because it's almost like the honor system when you get on everything like whether it's public transit or trains. Now, now some of the big, obviously EU trains and stuff like that might be different. But like uh, a lot of this stuff, it's like okay, you better have your ticket because if they do check you, you're in, you're in like you're in the shit. Like, and if you didn't pay, and it's it's interesting. Like they they really they follow the rules, man. They just that's what they do. I guess they, they, love they the do. Rules. And it's funny and that they uh, still have a thing about trains, huh? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right, <laughs> they're stuck on that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, of all the things they could be stuck on, trains. <laughs> Uh, all right, so let's let's talk about Bernie Sanders. Good old <laughs> from German trains to Bernie Sanders. What a fucking segue! Say it so, Mr. Bernie Sanders is under. Well, at least his his wife is for sure under FBI investigation. Uh, to some degree, he is for some sort of bank fraud. She worked at some was it some sort of 
I don't remember. The, it was the a Burlington thing. College. Some college, yeah, Burlington College. And uh, she took over. It was like some big land deal that she got involved in the church in. And I think she lied about saying that she had the funds to pay the loan back. And it was like millions of dollars. And that, that college is, has folded since then, too. Yeah, right? yeah, completely folded. Yeah. And so the big thing, I mean, that's whatever. I'm not going to really hold that to Bernie too much. But there is a spin on this that apparently Bernie may have... Uh, pressured some organizations or something to to go well, along you, with did it. Did you see what he did uh, on the news when he was asked about it? Uh, I think he just refused to talk about it, right? Did he no. do, say something in particular? He blamed Donald Trump for the whole investigation. He said that oh, Donald really? Trump reached out to the Republican governor, the Republican you know, uh, congressman in uh, Vermont, and initiated this whole investigation. And then he went on to say that Donald Trump, uh, it's, he's a really sick individual because he's not just attacking somebody who's in public office. He's attacking their wife. And he was like calling him a coward and all this kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah. I wonder if I could find some audio on that. Yeah, it was on CNN was the interview. Let's see. Yeah, I mean, but they pressed him yeah. for more answers and he was like, no, I'm not, that's all I have to say about it. Like, I refuse to say anything else. So we'll, we'll just, we'll see how it pans out or, you know. But he really went into Trump. He was pretty much blaming Trump for the whole thing. And it's like, well, maybe if you didn't misallocate millions of dollars and lie about it, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then he said his wife took over Burlington College and that it was doing better than it ever did before when she left. And I'd say, well, not now. <laughs> it's, it doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I can't find the audio on it, but maybe we'll find it later. Um, but I think it was yeah. on Milo's page if uh, – you have access to that. Good old Milo. Oh, look, but I mean, I mean, the thing is, the big disappointment with this is uh, it's Bernie Sanders. He's he was that trustful guy that we all every time we referenced him as much as we didn't like what he represented, per se. But we always kind of thought he was pretty much a you know pretty genuine type of person. I mean, granted, I don't know how much this kind of knocks him. And of course, a lot of this is, you know, he hasn't been convicted of anything. You know, let, let's give him. Let's give him his yeah. chance here. Let's let's uh let, let Bernie go through the motions here. Uh, I don't know. It's, but that's kind of balls. Sanders, I mean, they want to uh they want to say that uh you know Trump is crazy for you know accusing Obama of there being wiretaps yeah. when uh you know when his uh holy shit Alexa. Shut is down. That, is Alexa's. Alexa, for some reason, was about to play Eminem. <laughs> oh my God, she's doing it again. Alexa. It's because you were telling down. me. So that second time there was because you told me Alexa was about to play Eminem. My dumb bitch radio was about to play Eminem. You know, my wife has such a hard time with Alexa. She is not a fan of Alexa. <laughs> like she, she literally calls Alexa a bitch every night. I have the lights in my bedroom are smart lights and they're hooked up to Alexa. So we turn them on and off through talking to her. And she, for some reason, gives my wife a hard time, but not me. Like, I'll be like, Alexa, turn off the bedroom lights. She'll be like, okay, lights off. But she'll go, Alexa, turn off the, the lights. She'll be like, I can't find the lights. Or, sorry, <laughs> they're, they're not reachable right now or something. <laughs> All the time. And she goes, Joe, can you just say it? Like, I'm like, And then I say it and it shuts them off. It has to be something with like how she recognizes my voice or something. But good old Alexa. 
Anyway, Bernie Sanders. All right, man. <laughs> we'll give him some time. Get your shit together, buddy, and uh, we'll be back to you. I'm sure you'll be okay. He'll be all right. Let him go to one of his three houses. Yeah, he's um, not gonna. They're not gonna do any time or anything like that. I'm sure it'll be. No, um, no, no. He's an elite man. He's an elite now. He's you know as much as he's uh, this big uh, you know for the people man. He's uh, he's one of the you know he's one of that one percent pretty much. He's become what he hates. Yeah, it's not funny how that happens. Oh man. <laughs> Which would be a good segue into uh, the uh, um, uh, minimum wage. Uh, oh yes. Because that ended up hurting the very people mm-hmm. it was supposed to help, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, so what would they say? Lowered wages, wages by like nine percent. Is that is that is that the final tally, if you will? Yeah, and the people that uh, were you know the most vociferous about the the wage increase, you know, mainly you know young African Americans, uh, it's I think actually increased their unemployment rate um, because. You know, they're, uh, I guess they figure if they have to pay somebody $15 an hour, they're going to choose somebody yeah. who has more qualifications than less qualifications. Yes. Let's see. So it was a University of Washington, I believe. Is that the study? I uh, was looking at a Forbes uh, magazine. Well, for, yeah, Forbes uh, had written about it, but I mean, it's being covered by everyone. It looks like. Uh, I believe it was University of Washington found it. And they did like this whole case study thing where they looked at other, um, they took different data points and they looked at different cities and uh, cities that are comparable. And then they, you know, they tried to project it out or look at it without some sort of wage, uh, mandatory wage increase. And they found, you know, that it actually harmed them. Uh, now, University UC Berkeley, um, did have put a report out the week before that that said uh, specific to uh, restaurant workers, uh, so think like service restaurant workers, uh, that it didn't have any effect on them. Um, so th- immediately, you know, depending where you sit on the spectrum, you either cited that or this one. But the the actual researchers for the University of Washington research said actually there, there's not much difference in our methods. And we actually aren't departing in our conclusions. It's just that the UC Berkeley one only looked at restaurants and we looked at everything. And that's what they said. They said, there's really no difference. And we just had a broader and uh, look at it. And that's what we found. So for all intents and purposes, you got to go with the, uh, the University of Washington findings. And, you know, I mean, it's not a surprise, I guess, right? I mean, this is logical. You can kind of, you know, pieces together in your head. And then, you know, it's, you know, when things are just so logical like that, you know, it's not surprised it actually plays out in reality that, hey, it actually was a net loss <laughs> for workers in that city. I mean, we should, yeah, I don't think uh, we should be surprised. If, if these people understood economics, I think, and even I, I mean, I don't have really a very strong grasp uh, of economics, uh, but mm-hmm. you figure you raise the minimum wage by several dollars an hour. What am I going to do if I'm a fast food company? Well, I might hire more people and give them way less hours so that like yeah, I'm, break, I'm breaking even on payroll, but the average worker is going to be getting paid more an hour, but they're going to get a hell of a lot less hours. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And what's funny is Minneapolis, uh, <laughs> on the heels of all this, uh, just approved the $15 minimum wage, <laughs> which is funny. It's like, oh, by the way, you probably shouldn't do this, but we'll get, we're going to do it. Well, you know, who's pushing is the politicians. They want to get elected again. So people go, hey, you know, now I'm making $15 an hour, but they fail to mention, well, I was full-time before... Now I'm part-time, so I'm making more money an hour, working less hours, and now I lost my benefits if I had any to begin with. Mm-hmm. Yep. It seems like people just don't understand that basic concept. First off, most people don't work at minimum minimum wage. If you actually look at the statistics on this, uh, the minimum wage is largely occupied by like teenagers and very low-skilled workers. Um, and they talk about having this livable wage, but... In that same vein, most people who need that or well, they claim they need a livable wage aren't they're not in a family setting like it's it's pre family in a sense when you're talking about like 16 year olds and such like it's that's great and all, but it's really much to do about nothing. And and I, I know that although you look at the research, it's hurting these low wage workers. But I think in terms of the economy, like the macroeconomics of all this is you could create a $15 an hour minimum wage. It's 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 I don't think it's actually going to hurt the macroeconomics of our country, but it will hurt low wage workers. So we could kind of move forward and keep doing this stuff. But the only people who are going to hurt are going to be those low wage workers. Because these markets adjust, like you were just saying, like less hours then or, or less benefits or something like that. Like, so the businesses are going to be, you're, they're going to protect their bottom lines and it's just going to, you know, it's going to hurt those low wage workers. And, you know, and chances are those low wage workers don't have much uh, um, disposable income anyway to contribute back to the economy. So it's like whether you give them $15 an hour lower their hours or you're giving them eight dollars an hour with more hours they still don't have much of uh, much disposable income to contribute to things like buying cell phones and things like that right but um, i mean if you're uh, if you're just i mean to make it really simple if you're if you were making nine dollars an hour mm-hmm. and you're working 32 hours you know that's enough to be considered full-time you probably had some kind of benefits even if they were shitty yeah so then they raise the minimum wage to 15 dollars an hour all right, that's great. We're not going to fire you. You can keep your job. But now instead of 32 hours, you're going to be working 12. Yeah. So what you bring home net is going to be less. I mean, or yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Nine times, uh, what's it? 12, uh, 15. Yeah. yeah. I mean, even if it's not that much money lost on their end, or even if they break even, the hours lost is then going to take them out of having a having the benefits that they had. And then I'm sure if you're working part-time and you can buy benefits, that's going to negate what you're bringing in on your pay even more. So they're screwing them. Yeah. I mean, or like, you know, uh, in the same exact kind of example, they might just not hire another person too. Right. Like things like that. So it's, it's a free market right now. Like whether you want to believe it or not, well, okay, close to a free market. We don't have a, a true free market in our country. We're not a true capitalist country, but we're still talking about free market principles here to, to a certain degree. 
And if you want to sit here and go, oh, we could, you know, do all these different government re regulations and just think they're really going to end up working. Well, no one could force these businesses to be a business, right? Like they could, they could cease to exist, right? They, they, if they don't make profit, they need to make money, right? And, and there's a lot of service, like those low wage uh, jobs are, a lot of them are service in, in the service industry, which have very low, like their margins are very slim. So it's not hard to go from here's a company with X amount of people working on it because they're, they're, they're profitable. Maybe it's mom and pop, but they just need to, you know, pay their bills and live a life. But, but now, now they have to go to, you know, they have to pay all these people all this extra money. Now they might not be profitable. And now mom and pop is not even worth it for them to do that anymore. And then maybe they'll, you know, either cash in on their, what they've made so far and just like kind of retire or, you know, that entrepreneur might go, this is not worthwhile to create a business in this industry right now or something like that. Right. So, right. And I, I think the people that were being targeted were the fast food restaurants. And uh, I mean, the huge chains like McDonald's, Burger King, KFC, things like that. And it's like, uh, they're there to sell hamburgers. They're not there to make sure the <laughs> yeah. fry cook can afford a nice apartment and a nice car. And, you know, so, yeah. um, they're not going to increase the price of their hamburgers to make sure that they can pay those wages to those workers. They're going to say, all right, we're going to do the same with less workers, or we're going to have automated kiosks, yep. or yep. we're going to reduce the amount of hours that we're open, or mm -hmm. we just won't sell hamburgers in Seattle anymore, and we'll sell them in the suburbs of Seattle where people will drive yep. over the border to buy hamburgers there. It's, it was so silly to think that that was actually going to have a positive effect on anybody. I mean, these are these are transient jobs, right? People don't now. I'm one. You know, you're gonna say, well, people do, right? Largely speaking, for the most part, people in these jobs are not there as careers. Now, there are people, right? There are some. There's a lot of these jobs that go to mentally ill people, and that's great and all. But it's it's like we have to understand what these jobs are. They're not. They're not really meant to be here's what you're going to raise your family on. And granted, there might be a few people stuck in that situation, but you know what? We have all those other entitlements right now, so they should be okay, right? So, um, you know, for better or worse, it's it's just basic economics. I think there's a lot of people in denial about the, the type of economy we have. Like, this is not, we're not in communism here, right? Like, this is not some sort of socialist utopia, right? This is... We are holding on to some sort of free market capitalism here. We're we're grasping onto it. It's not going to work. You could talk about that with the healthcare too, right? This is maybe we could get a good segue here into healthcare. But it's the same concept there, right? We have we're in this weird fuzzy area where we think we could provide this as a universal thing, or everyone everyone needs to be covered. Oh my god, that's the metric. Everyone needs to be covered. But it's like, no, man, we're we're a free country. This is the the goal here isn't necessarily to make everyone have coverage. It's to let them have the choice of coverage. You know, let the let businesses compete for their money or their or for their business so that they create this, you know, a robust marketplace that could cover many people and provide many services at a high quality of care. You know, it, it's just people just think, you know, everyone's more. Let's just cut to the chase here. We're marching to single payer. By the way, we've just switched to healthcare. <laughs> if you're wondering, <laughs> we're switching to healthcare. Uh, the you know we're gonna need some after all those burgers you just ate. 
I know. Well, there you go. <laughs> but I mean, the, is it is are we not like the Republicans have essentially given in to this concept of let's get as many people possible as cover uh, coverage. Let's get as many people, uh, you know, you know, no, no pre-existing conditions, that type of stuff. Like they've given in to all these things that the government needs to mandate that we were almost to a point where we we can't go back. Right. Like, like, so the only real option at this point is single payer. Do you really see a scenario where, where we have the political will as a, as a, not when I say we, I mean everyone, right? Like everyone in, in Congress, everyone in, in that, in the position to do this, do they as a whole have a political will to actually get something that would say, you know what, let's repeal Obamacare and go let's go back to before, but let's make it better in terms of opening up the, the state restrictions and things like that. And maybe tort reform and stuff like that. Like, do you, is that a scenario that could possibly happen? Um, if now, Rand Paul if, would if, do it, right? I mean, yeah, there's, I mean one, I, there's one guy. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I mean, if, if it were down to like economists or the businesses themselves, yeah, that's probably what they would do. But this is all being done by politicians. And I think you're pretty much going to render yourself unelectable if you get out there and you say, hey, you know, I don't want anybody with a pre-existing condition to be able to get insurance. I don't think uh, it's the government's job to give anybody insurance. We can't tell insurance companies what to do mm -hmm. because it's so pervasive in uh, our culture right now to see these insurance companies, big pharma, et cetera, et cetera, as being inherently evil in some way. So, yeah. you know, uh, Rand Paul is all for it, but he was polling at like 2% in the last election. <laughs> so he yeah. doesn't give a shit. I mean, he's, yeah. uh, you know, he gets elected to the Senate, but he's never going to get elected president or any, you know, nah. anything else like that. I mean, he can make a push for whatever he wants, but he's never taken seriously because it's going to make the Republican Party unpopular if people actually start following, you know, that mindset. We've talked about this before on several occasions where we say we, you have to make a decision here. We have to go, let's go with the free market solution. Give that a shot. Real this time. For reals. Okay. Or single payer. Because this in-between thing, it's obviously not working. Right? No. Like, yeah. It's just not going to work. You're never going to find a, a Republican Party that's going to completely agree on like an altered Obamacare. Care, right? They're never going to come to a conclusion on that. They're never going to be able to do that. Right? We're going to keep doing what's happening now. What's the second or third time here that they try to propose something and it's not going to get through? So that's never going to happen. You can't. The current situation is not sustainable. I don't think it was ever designed to be sustainable. We all know what the Democrats want. There's no. Like even if if they say to you, oh, we don't want single payer, they're lying to you. They want single payer. Let let's let's put it on the table. That's what they want. Democrats want single payer. It's not just Bernie Sanders, right? This Obamacare was never created to be the long term solution. I don't know if they really tried to pitch it as such. They just said it's the best thing to do now. But the truth is. The best thing that could happen for that party is that Obamacare fails because everyone has now been convinced that everyone needs to have some sort of coverage. So if Obamacare fails and Republicans do not present a viable alternative to Obamacare that is just like Obamacare, then single payer is the next option. No one has a political will to say, hold up, wait a minute, let's go to a free market solution. 
No one right. has and, and everybody, uh, I mean, it's been in so many documentaries. We're the only country in the free world that doesn't provide all of its citizens with health care. Yeah. You know? We're also currently the only country in the free world that doesn't you know, lock people up for saying something that hurts someone's feelings, right? Like, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So let's be real here. We're not the whole fucking world, people. Hey, uh, newsflash, everyone, we're America. We've done things better, right? This, let, let's come to, like, we're rich, right? We're the richest country in the world. We're probably the richest empire to ever exist, right? We could do this, man. Like, let's, we got here by basic capital uh, uh, capitalist principles let's try this the real way right um so you know where i stand on that let's go free market right i you know we have to come to terms and not like not everyone needs to be covered right there are going to be people that don't want coverage because that's their decision there are going to be, be be people that can't be covered right so we do have a very charitable country, right? I mean, a lot of our, uh, you know, faith-based hospitals are largely funded by donations. Uh, you know, people before Obamacare got the care, emergency care they needed. The, I know you probably, we hear these one, one-off stories probably from Vox or something, right? Well, oh, this person and such, oh, they can't pay their medical bills. But you know what? There was people weren't dying on the streets. What you hear in the in the media it never happened. People were never dying on the streets, man. Like people were still getting the care. People were still getting shit done. They were getting their medications. It was it was somewhat functional before Obamacare. Let's see the alternative to Obama, the true alternative to Obamacare, which is a real free market, like. Let, let's get let's get the, the the cost transparency out there. I hate going to the doctors and not knowing what it's going to cost to put a tube up my nose. Um, let's get tort reform out there because doctors are paying out the wazoo for um, insurance. malpractice insurance. Yeah. Um, let's let these companies be able to you know c compete cross, across state lines. Let's let's take down some of those regulations. You know, these are things that weren't done before. Like, these are things that can be done that weren't tried that might might actually work. But I can see a point to where, I mean, the people with the medical bills, um, you know, that, let's say you're 22 years old, you know, your parents didn't have insurance, so you're not on their insurance until you're fucking 30 or whatever. Yeah. It's now 26. So say something happens, you get cancer and you're not insured. And you're saddled with those bills, like, you know, let's say a couple hundred thousand dollars. You know, you work, you went to school, you're doing all the right things. Now you have $200,000 in medical bills hanging over your head. You got a hundred and some thousand dollars in student loans hanging over your head. And yeah. you're never going to buy a house. You know, you're. it's going to be so hard for you to ever own anything or ever, you know what I mean, establish... Yeah. Mm -hmm. good credit because you're fucked with all this debt. Yeah. I mean, I mean, these are good points, but uh, let's look at these, you know uh, there's, there's a few different ways of a kind of like trying to provide some sort of relief in that situation. So first off you could, there is bankruptcy, right? Which student loans aren't for some reason or another are exempt from, but the other debts may not be. So you do have bankruptcy, which isn't just for businesses. Individuals can claim that. Um, 
And then, then you have the whole student loan thing. I mean, these these are these are real things you're talking about, right? Like, I, there are people probably in that situation, right? So, you know, as much as maybe there are relative few, I understand the need as a society to try to address these these uh, you know very particular situations. Um, I think for the most part, there's a lot of uh, you know the emergency care is going to be there uh, when it comes to you know someone who has that debt over their head, you know, bankruptcy is an option. And then the student loan situation, no, that's a whole nother beast, the whole student loan thing, right? Like that, that to me is, you know, very similar to the housing market issue back in the day or 2008. It's not really back in the day, but you know, the, the, you know, the government subsidies and things like that, the inflation of, uh, you know, tuition and things, like you know, the, the economic principles there were disrupted with with government, and a lot yeah. of people, a lot of people tend to think like just like the you know the housing crisis. Like, don't get me wrong, there was greed involved, just like there's greed involved with the student loan situation. But the rea- the the reality of that situation and the student loan situation is when you put government in there underwriting these loans and guaranteeing these loans, then the, the Put yourself in a in a, a school situation like, hey, by the way, the tuition is ten thousand dollars. Government comes in and says, oh, you can only afford five thousand. We'll give you five, the other five thousand. And then the school goes, well, but really the tuition is twenty thousand dollars. Oh, but you could still only approve five, uh, afford five thousand. Oh, the government will do the other fifteen, right? Like so. It's it becomes like a, a rent seeking in economics. I, I think that would be the right term in economics, rent seeking. Whereas there's some sort of government entitlement or subsidy, and everyone wants to get a piece of that. So that it happens in both directions, whether it's an individual or a business. If the government is underwriting things and being able to, you know, kind of just give all this money out to people. The businesses are going to try to maximize that. So you saw the banks with the housing market did that, right? The HUD and, and things like that had all these requirements on these banks to, to be able to be right, underwriting loans for lower income people. And so they loosened they loosened all these different things in terms of requirements for for the underwriting to be able to reach these requirements. And then the government was with FHA loans were and Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac were were just throwing money around, right? Don't get me wrong, there's still greed in there because people were taking advantage of that to at scale but we can't sit here and pretend that the government doesn't have uh, you know some sort of blame in this like you can't just sit here and go oh it's just all these bankers who are who are you know greedy in in both student loan and or the university's greedy in the student loan situation people it's it goes both ways we can multitask on this let's not just say oh it's the greedy wall street people in the housing crisis and it's the you know the banks with the student loans that are just holding them over kids' heads. No, the government has a lot to do with all that. Like, it's not just them. <laughs> it's it's it boggles my mind that people only pick one small thread or one little va- variable and just stick to that. Let's let's multitask here. I think both people were having uh, some issues with this concept. <laughs> I yeah. think there's a little bit of a rant. Sorry. No, well, you you went into a lot of different areas of it, and I I think it's true. I mean, uh, historically, when government gets involved in something, the price skyrockets for the reasons that you laid out there. And uh, I think people kind of fail to see that um, just because they don't know any better. I think they want to take the path of least resistance, right? Oh, the greedy guy. Like, I mean, it's like it's almost like 
like a movie, right? Like, oh man, this this big fat white guy top of a big tall high rise in New York City was like, I want more money. Fuck them people. Let's get it. You know, you know, well, no, I mean, they're just like, well, we need to hit these quotas for lower income people. We need to somehow get them in these loans. We, we got the government underwriting them like and guaranteeing them. Let's do it. Let's, you know, let's do this. Let's make money. Right. So they package them together. They they get them off their books. They sell them to someone else. You know, and it was just goes on and on and on, Richard. On and on and on and on and on. Too such a dark side. On <laughs> <laughs> the evil empire. Well, I just, anyway. uh, you know, it's just, um, it's sad or it's uh, disconcerting or uh, yeah. unnerving when you hear about people in the 70s saying like, oh, I worked, I went to, I worked well the whole time I was in college. Uh, by the time I got out, I paid off. My, you know, my college loans and, uh, you know, I was, uh, you know, working in a job in my field and I bought a house and yeah. a, a house for $30,000. I, you oh, know, yeah. I, I bought now a worth car for $450,000. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it's, I bought a car for, uh, you know, five grand and, uh, you know, I was raising a family. My wife stayed home with the kids. It's like, what happened? Yeah. You know, what happened? <laughs> Where did, it's like uh, people might equate that to the American dream. That's just not there for them, right? Like, like we, that story you just you just gave, like that's the story of the, our parents' generation. You know, like that that was their story. You know, and the millennials and even our generation, which you could argue whether we're millennials or not, depending on where you think the cutoff is. Like, you know, we're not going to experience that. Like, I bought a house that's pretty much appreciated already <laughs> like it's not going to make much more money for me outside of me running it when i when i move out of it if i ever do um and then gaining equity by paying back paying down my mortgage but um you know, gone gone are the days where you purchase a house for thirty thousand dollars and in 20 15 20 30 years it's worth four hundred fifty thousand dollars gone are the are those days in very specific markets maybe and even specific zip codes but yeah, like if you buy, if you're lucky enough to like buy a house in Brewery Town now, yeah, you yeah. Might, might be able to do that. But nobody has the disposable. Well, not nobody, but very few people or people that. Let me put it this way: people that are already well off are grabbing those properties up and doing that. So, yeah, it's not really your average college kid that's doing that right now. It's like uh, developers and people that are already like making six figures going, Hey, this is the yep. cute neighborhood to move into now. Yep. You know for sure. Saying? Yeah. Well, Richard, we've come to 46 minutes and 28 seconds. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, that's, that's good. By. Yeah. Is it, you know, I, I like the pace of this, right? It's great. I think we could do, I like the 45 minute thing. And then, you know, we, we kind of, you know, end it and then we uh, maybe do a live stream or something. I think it's a good pace. I think it keeps people maybe a little interested for all, you know, hopefully we'll see. <laughs> uh, so if you're listening, we are moving our host from SoundCloud to a new host. Uh, God, I don't even know if I remember the name of the place. Spreaker. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds silly. You're still going to be able to find us everywhere else on SoundCloud, on iTunes, on Google Play, on Stitcher, 
on hopefully TuneIn Radio. And the next place we could go now that we're on this new host is iHeartRadio. Um, if anyone actually uses iHeartRadio, I don't know. But we uh, we will be moving. So uh, don't worry. You'll still be able to find us where you normally find us. Find us on Twitter at No Name Podcaster. We're at The Podcast Without a Name on Facebook. Um, God, am I missing anything else, Rich? Uh, no. Keep your enemies close. Your friends closer, but your enemies closer. I don't even know what I just and, said. And uh, your acquaintances closer than that. Yeah, good. Yes, acquaintances closer. <laughs> yes, but I digress. Anyway, thank you for listening. Thank you.